John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. well aware by now of the movie massacre that took place uh, Friday a week ago at the midnight showing of the Batman movie uh, where this one lone gunman came in the theater very well thought out very intentional killed 12 people wounded I think the number was like 58 others were wounded and you goes through your mind you think what in the world could make someone do such a thing um You know, guys, I believe God's Word is true. And I believe it's time that we in America and that we as Christians and that we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ start living out our faith on a very serious level because the consequences of not living out our faith is what we're seeing all around us today. I tell you, this world is on its way to hell in a handbasket And what we need are men and women that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that are willing to stand for their faith and say what thus saith the Lord. We need God, folks. America needs to repent, and we need to turn back to God. As we've been watching all of this unfold, there was a news reporter when when it first broke. And um, that next morning early, um, As the news was breaking all across America, literally around the world, there was a news reporter that I was watching, and she made the statement. She said something like this. She said, how did we get to this point in America? Or how did America get to this point? Well, today I want to try to speak on the subject of biblical response to the Colorado movie massacre. Last week I gave you a prayerful response, and we just had a prayer service, which I think is the first thing that we need to do. We need to fall on our face before God and pray. And I very intentionally tried to lead you some, through something, through a prayer service, probably like we've never really had here at Victory Church. Just an old service, just to pray like that. Well, now I think it's time to get into the Word of God and look in, and find a biblical response to what has taken place in America today with this movie massacre, with the shootings all over America, with people taking their lives, suicide, and and all the sinful things that are, the the murders that are taking place all across America today. I think we need to get into God's Word a little bit and dig a little bit deeper here and try to get a biblical response to this. So I'm going to be sharing. I've got a tremendous amount of content. I've got way more content than I am going to have, be able to have time to share. I promise you that. I mean, I have got so much material. I could almost turn this into a six-week sermon series and really just start unpacking this. Uh, but I want to try to just, with the leadership of the Holy Spirit on me this morning, just glean through some of the material that I've gathered to try to get us an overview, if we can, of where we are in America and how America got to this point where we are today. You see, I believe it says in the book of Galatians that be not deceived. Our God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Hello? 
I mean, every farmer in America and every farmer around the world understands that principle. If they sow corn, they're going to reap corn. If they sow soybeans, they're going to reap soybeans. If they sow whatever it is, whatever the seed it is that you sow, you know you're going to reap that seed. As a matter of fact, there's also some more laws of the harvest, and I won't go into all of that, but you're also going to reap more than you sow. Hello? We know that these farmers, they they reap a few kernels of corn, and they reap in the multitudes of of kernels of corn from those two or three kernels that they place in the ground. So not only are you going to reap what you sow, you're going to reap more than you sow. Hello? And I think that's what we're seeing in America today. We have for generation after generation now, we have sown our seed to the world. We have turned our back on God. We have sown our seed into political correctness. We've pushed religion. We've pushed God. We've pushed spirituality out. We've replaced it with, with a world where there really are no moral absolutes whatsoever. And friends, we are now beginning to reap what we've been sowing now for the past two or three generations. And it's time we quit as a church just laying back and let these things go you see i'm sick and tired of political correctness hello and i promise you if you become a biblical accurate believer in the lord jesus christ you will no longer be able to be politically correct and there will be those people that will not enjoy what you're saying the world will not like it But guys, I want our church, and I really want this pulpit, and I want our church to be a church that takes a stand on the Word of God, that simply just believes God's Word as it is. This is the Word of God. It doesn't simply just contain the Word of God. It is the Word of God. From cover to cover, this is God's Word. Hello? To me, there are no gray areas. It's pretty well black and white. Things are laid out. God said, do this, I'll bless you. Don't do this, I'll curse you. I mean, there it is, folks. And I think we need to look into God's Word a little bit longer. But I want to try this morning, with the help of the Lord, to answer the question that this reporter asked when she said, how did America get to this point? And now she said it grieving. I mean, she was broken when she was sharing the news that morning. So it's no slam on her whatsoever. But I want to try to answer that. With the help of the Lord, I want to try to bring an answer to the question, how did America get to this point where we are today? So go with me in prayer, if you will, please. Heavenly Father, God, we stand in need of you today. Father, we need you. We need you back in our hearts. We need you back in our lives. We need you back in our homes. We need you back in our schools. We need you back in our states. We need you back in our country. We need you back in our government. God, we need you back in our world. And Father, I just pray that today would stir our hearts and that we would be a people today that would just fall on our face before you and that we would cry out, to your holy name and we would repent of our sins and we would get serious about our faith and God that we would just quit playing church and going through the religious activities but God we would be the salt and the light of the earth that you have called us to be and God we know when we do that that God Satan will not like it when we do that we will receive some persecution God give us strength and help us God to take into consideration what you said be of good cheer For I have overcome the world. We ask your blessings now. Hide me behind the shadow of the cross. God, give me the words to say. Direct me through this message today. I really don't know, God, where I'm going to land in this thing. I am so filled up with your word and, and with so much to say. Father, I need your leadership. 
I need your guidance. Speak through me today, O God, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. May I remind you that what we are experiencing today is not new. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Romans. Now, whether you bring a hard copy of God's Word in, that's fine. If you have your iPad, your iPhone, your Kindle Fire, your Android devices, whatever it is, you know, I I enjoy studying off all of those things too. Turn to the book of Romans. I want you to look in Romans chapter 1. I'm going to read a lengthy portion of Scripture, but I think it's important that we get a good, solid, biblical foundation on the subject that I'm going to be sharing with you today. So in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, down through verse number 32, I want you to look at this passage of Scripture. Now this is Paul, and he's writing to the Christian church in Rome. And he's, he's addressing some things with the citizens, with the culture, with the society of Rome in that day. He's put Putting his finger on some things. Now, I'll be honest with you. What we are about to read is not politically correct. Matter of fact, he calls out some things that we have accepted as the norm today in America. But I think we've got to get back to our biblical foundation of the Word of God in order to regain America, if you will, or for America to repent and get back to God, we've got to go to His Word. So in Romans chapter 1, I want you to look what it says. For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Now I want you to notice, oh, I, can't, I really can't even stop. I should not even stop here. But I want you to look. God's wrath is being revealed. Now everybody preaches that our God is love, and I'm right there with you. Our God is love. Matter of fact, the greatest command in all the word word is that we love God, that we love each other. I mean, I understand our God is a God of love, but He's also a holy God, and He's also a just God, and He's also a righteous God. And the Word tells us that He will not look on sin, nor will He tolerate sin. There is going to be a side of God that is wrathful, that pours out His judgment on an ungodly, unrighteous people. Now, that's just the first verse, okay? Look, if you will, verse 18. For God's wrath is revealed. Oh, how is God's wrath being revealed in America? That's a whole other message, I know. You know, I got up this morning. My wife and I got really, really excited when we looked out, and our concrete basketball goal area was wet. We said, praise the Lord. We got some rain. And by the way, we need to give the Lord a praise offering for that. We have needed some rain. But could it be that our God is trying to get our attention? Could it be that our God is pouring out some judgment and some wrath? And he's saying, boys, ladies, gentlemen, you think you can do it on your own? Have at it. I'll withdraw a little bit. Do you think? Listen, guys, this world, this this earth that we live on today is under a curse. It goes all the way back to the book of Genesis with Adam and Eve when they sinned in the garden. There's a sin on the, or a curse on the woman. There's a curse on the man. There's also a curse on the serpent. There's also a curse on the earth. This earth, the scripture teaches us, is groaning for redemption. That one day will come when the Lord Jesus Christ returns again and redeems all of mankind and redeems all of the earth. And that's talking about in the millennial reign of Christ. But this earth is under a curse. 
And I believe part of the curse is the fact that we see these natural disasters taking place. And I go all the way back. And there's a line that goes all the way back to the judgment of God on sin and Him withdrawing His hand and withdrawing His blessings. Could it be the drought that we have just experienced and are still experiencing could be a a part of the wrath or the judgment of a holy God? Could it be the, the, the tsunamis? Could it be that that's part of the wrath and the judgment of a holy God? Could it be that the tornadoes that, that wipe out Joplin and, and other cities, could it be that's a part of the wrath and the judgment of God? Could it be that the floods that take place all across America and that wipes out cities, could that be part of the wrath and the judgment of a holy God? I believe it could be. I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying it could be. I want you to see that God's wrath is revealed. God is revealing His wrath. Why is He revealing it? The latter part of verse 18. Because they suppressed the truth. Pay attention to that. I'll come back and unpack that. Since what can be known about God is evident among them in verse 19. Because God has shown it to them. From the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, that is, His eternal power and divine nature, has been clearly seen, being understood through what He has made. And as a result, people are without excuse. Now here He's talking about how He has revealed Himself in all of creation and everything that's been made. People are without excuse. I don't even have time to unpack that. Verse 21. For though they knew God, get this, they did not glorify Him as God. Or show gratitude. They didn't glorify Him as God. They weren't thankful for what He was doing in their life. They knew Him. They suppressed the truth of God. They knew Him, but they did not glorify Him, nor were they thankful for Him. Sound a little bit maybe like America today? For though they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became nonsense, and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming, get this, verse 22... Claiming to be wise, they became as fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. Therefore, guys, anytime you see the word therefore, you need to pause and figure out what it is there for. There is a consequence to the decision that the society had just made that Paul is unveiling in the verses that I'm sharing with you. Because they suppressed the truth, because they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful for Him, and they built other images to worship besides God. Therefore, in verse 24, God delivered them over. Get this now. God delivered them over in the cravings of their hearts to sexual impurity so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. And they, verse 25, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Now here are the people of God. Here is the society. Here is the culture. They have revealed, God's revealed Himself to them. They had the truth of God. They suppressed the truth of God. They did not glorify God, nor were they thankful to God, nor did they feel they needed God. They raised other images that they would, that they would worship. And now it says that they not only suppressed the truth, but now they have changed what is the truth of God? And now what they believe is a lie. Woo, guys. I should be a Fox News commentator. <laughs> Hello? 
I mean, this is America we're talking about. And I'm reading out of Romans chapter 1. What Paul is saying is taking place in the culture and society of Rome, which in that day was the premier superpower of all the known world at that day. And now they are in this state, which, by the way, church, may I remind you that Rome has fallen. And, oh, I think America's right there. Erwin Lutzer, and I don't know how many of you are aware of him, but he's the pastor of the Moody Church in Chicago. He has written a book and several books addressing this and, and other areas about America today and how we have turned from God. And he talks about the seven habits and, or the seven sins of Hitler and how, you, how he's paralleling that to America today. Guys, we are on the same track. I know this is kind of Sunday morning. You want it easy and you want to come... But guys, we've got to get back to the truth of the Word. Okay? I want you to know, first of all, I love you. Man, I love every single one of you. And I'm so thankful you're here today. I am not your enemy. I want you to know that. And sometimes I promise you, it's not easy to stand up here and preach some of these straight doctrines from the Word of God. So I need your encouragement. I need your prayer. And you kind of scotch me a little bit, and we'll move right along through this message, okay? And when I say scotch, I'm not talking about a liquor, okay? That's... A... I'm talking about that's an old saying, you know, you know put, a, put a chalk under the wheel, put a block and help me out, support me, okay? That's what I mean by that, all right? I had to remember where I was. I'm not in western North Carolina anymore. Verse 25, it says, They exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and they worshipped and served something created instead of the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26, This is why God delivered them over. Get this, guys. This is why God delivered them over to degrading passions. For even their females exchanged natural sexual intercourse for what is unnatural. The males in the same way also left natural sexual intercourse with females and were inflamed in their lust for one another. Males committed shameless acts with males. Get this, guys. And received in their own persons the appropriate penalty for their perversion. And because they did not think it worthwhile to have God in their knowledge, once again, God delivered them over to a worthless mind to do what is morally wrong. And they are filled with all unrighteousness and evil and greed and wickedness. And they are full of envy. Get this next word. Murder, disputes, deceit. And malice. They are gossips. They are slanders. They are now God haters. I want you to see the natural, not natural, I want you to see the progression that took place. They held the truth of God. At one time they glorified God. At one time they thanked Him. At one time they worshipped Him. But it tells us in the very first verse, in verse number 18 that I just read with you to you, that they suppress now the truth. They're no longer glorifying God. They're no longer thankful for Him. And then we get down to verse number 25. Now they have exchanged the truth for a lie. In other words, they had the truth. They suppressed the truth. Now they've changed the truth. And now we see the end result is in verse number 30 that they are now God-haters. God, that's where we are today in our nation. We had the truth. 
You go back and you look at our forefathers and you look what this, um, this American nation was founded on and the principles that we were founded on. We were founded on the principles of a holy God, a righteous God. We were a spiritual nation. We were a nation that said, hey, we're going to break away from Europe because we don't want the government telling us how to do church. We want to go somewhere where we can worship God freely. And they came to this new land called America. I don't even have time to unpack all of that. But listen, we were built on a nation. This nation was built on the godly principles of the Word of God. We had the truth, but now we have suppressed it. We no longer glorify God. We're no longer thankful. Now we have changed the truth in verse 25, and now we have become God-haters. And the result is be not deceived. Our God is not mocked whatsoever. A man soweth that shall he also reap. Now we are, and it tells us what we are. We are full of envy. We're full of murder. We're full of disputes. We're full of deceit. We are full of malice. We are gossipers. We are slanderers. In verse 30 it says we are God-haters. We are arrogant. We are proud. We are boastful. We are inventors of evil. We are disobedient to parents. We are undiscerning. We are untrustworthy. We are unloving. We are unmerciful. Oh, God. How did we get there? How did America get there? To the point where they are today. I would say Paul has already addressed that. The same way the Romans did. They turned their back on God. And they went their own way. That is why we are seeing all across the news. Matter of fact, I think Tyler was telling me that there was a a copycat type individual that got into uh, or went in. I think they called him and I don't think anything happened. But into a movie theater up north somewhere. I don't even know where it was. But... How do we get there? I think we had the truth. We suppressed the truth. We quit glorifying God. We quit being thankful for Him. We decided we don't need Him. Now we've changed the truth. We've accepted a law. We're living out the law. We're sowing the seeds of the law to generation after generation. Now we have become God-haters. In verse 32, it says, Although they know full well God's just sentence, that those who practice such things deserve to die and not only do them, but even applaud others who practice them. How did America get to this point? I want you to jot down a few things here. And I'm going to try to just kind of skim through some of my notes here. If I preach everything in my notes, we'll be here to about 3 o'clock this afternoon, I promise you. And I don't want to keep you that long. I probably already said enough. We've, we've probably had enough of God's Word right there. We could take that and go. But let me share with you a couple of things here. How do we get to this point in America? We, as Americans, have suppressed the truth of God. And Paul begins in Romans 1 by dealing with the issue that these Romans had suppressed the truth of God. They suppressed it, and then they exchanged it, and then they abandoned it. And now they're living out a lie. As I said earlier, I believe America is in the very same similar situation. I went and did some research, and I pulled just court decisions. Let me share with you some court decisions that have already been rendered that kind of shows us that we're exactly where we are in Romans chapter 1. You see, as I read that, someone may sit there and say, well, that's just your interpretation of Scripture. Let me pull to you some historical facts and accounts of cases that have come into our courts, our Supreme Courts, our, our, our state courts, our local courts, and some judges and some verdicts that have been rendered. Do you realize in 1962 that Engel and, and Vital went to court over students 
praying in school and removal of student prayer was, 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 was rendered in 1962. It says, prayer, this, this is law, prayer in its public school system breaches the constitutional wall of separation between church and state. Now I'm not even going to argue that, but you can't even find that clause in our church or in our constitution. Hello? But that, that law was made in 1962. In 1963, the removal of Bible readings was rendered, and the law says that no state law or school board may require that passages from the Bible be read or that the Lord's Prayer be recited in public schools or a state at the beginning of each school day. The court went on to say that if portions of the New Testament were read without explanation, they could be and had been psychologically harmful to the student. Are you kidding me? That's a law, 1963. In 1980, it went into our court system about the removal of the Ten Commandments from many public view. Stone versus Graham, 1980. It was rendered that if the posted copies of the Ten Commandments are to have any effects at all, it will be to induce the school ch- children to read, meditate upon, and perhaps obey. <laughs> Think that would be a bad thing? We can't, we can't post these. The school children may obey these, obey the commandments, and this is not permissible in the state and objective under the Establishment Clause. I guarantee you, all across America today, they wishing that kids would start obeying some of the Ten Commandments, which, by the way, the command, Thou shalt not kill, the accurate translation is, Thou shalt not commit murder. It's talking about intentional, intentionally killing someone. You see, there is a time to go to war. And we see all through the Bible where there's time to go to war. And they did back in the biblical days and even in our day. And, and therefore, I'm not anti-military because we may go out and kill people. And people say, well, how can you be a Christian? And how can, you, how can you be a Christian and support the military? Because that's not what the Ten Commandments is talking about when it says, Thou shalt not kill. It's talking about murder. It's talking about premeditating, intentionally taking someone's life, not necessarily in the state of, of war. Removal of benedictions and invocations from school activities. This came to court in 1985 in Graham v. Central. It came to court again in 1986 in Kay v. Douglas. It came to court again in 1989 in, in Jagger v. Douglas. It came to court again in 1992 in Lee v. Wiseman. Here's what was rendered. Religious invocation in high school commencement exercise convened mes- conveyed message or message that district had given its endorsement to prayer and religion so that the school district was probably prohibited from including invocation or properly prohibited from including invocation in commencement exercise. In other words, they scratched it. There's some lower court rulings that came in 1965 as well again in 1981. I'm just going to give you what the ruling kind of the gist of it was. Is that the freedom of speech and press is guaranteed to students unless the topic is religious. You see, in the school system, it said kids can say anything they want to unless it's religious, at which time such speech becomes unconstitutional. Also, another law was rendered that if a student prays over his lunch, it is unconstitutional for him to pray aloud. And that came out of our courts in 1965 in Reed v. Van Hoven. Also, in 1976, Ohio v. Wisner, it said that it is unconstitutional for a board of education to use or refer to the word God, in parentheses, or in quotations, in any of its official writings. You cannot allude to that. Do you see, guys, where we are suppressing the truth, and then we change the truth, and now we hate God or anything to do with God? We see it all across America. In Alaska public schools, get this, this came a law in 1988. 
In Alaska public schools, students were told they could not use the word Christmas in school because it had the word Christ in it. Nor could they have the word in their notebooks, nor could they exchange Christmas cards or presents, nor display anything with the word Christmas on it. Also in public schools, 1987, public schools were barred. Get this. They were barred in a history class from showing a film about the settlement of Jamestown because the film depicted the erection of a cross at the settlement despite the historical fact that a cross was erected at the Jamestown settlement. And so that's, that's factual. It's history. We can't show that. You know what we've done? We've suppressed the truth of our God. What are the consequences of that? Paul tells us at least two here, and there are many, many more. But I want to bring out two real quickly. He has given us over. I want to draw attention to something in your Bibles. Look, if you will, in verse number 24. Because we have suppressed the truth, because we changed the truth, the outcome is now we're God-haters. I want you to look what God did in verse number 24. God delivered them over. He delivered them over. In verse 26, this is why God delivered them over. In verse number 28, this is why God delivered them over. I want you to see three different times because of their actions, because of what they did, there are some consequences, there are some judgments from a holy God where God said, I am going to deliver them over. And the first thing He delivered them over to was sexual impurity. I want you to look in verse number 24. Therefore, God delivered them over in the cravings of their hearts to sexual impurity so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. Guys, we live in, and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out, we live in a sex-filled, sex-crazed world today. Hello? That's part of the consequences of suppressing the truth of God and getting God out of everything in our lives. And God has delivered us over. He's given us over to sexual impurity. Went back and did some research on this. Sexual impurity has been around for a long time. In the 1940s and in the 50s, Alfred, Alfred Kinsey began talking openly about sexuality and the revolution began. In the 60s, that revolution revved up And of course, premarital sex and group parties and orgies became popular and very accepted and still are today. Now, guys, I'm just the messenger, okay? Don't don't, don't attack me, but I want you to understand this is where we are today. Why? We've suppressed the truth. We've changed the truth. Now we push God out of everything. And the result is God said in verse number 24 that I'm going to give you over to sexual impurities. You see, today we have taken what should be in the bedroom and we put it on Main Street. Hello? I ask you a question. Is sex within marriage a sin? No. God created a beautiful act of sex between husband and wife. But any sexual activity that takes place outside of marriage is sinful, church. It's an abomination in the sight of God. It is sinful. But God said, because you had the truth, and now you've suppressed the truth, and you no longer glorify me, and you're not thankful for me, and now you have changed the truth, now I'm going to turn you over to your sexual impurities and what should be taking place, a beautiful act of God that should be taking place in the bedroom. We've now allowed Satan and a world that doesn't even know God to change the truth about God and put sex on Main Street and pervert it the way it has been perverted today. 
I need some scotching right there, okay? And I'm not talking about a drink. God has given us over to our sexual impurities. But He's also given us over to shameful lust. Look, if you will, in verse 25 down through verse number 27. It says, They exchanged the truth of God for a line. They worshipped and served something created instead of the Creator. In verse 26, This is why God delivered them over to degrading passions. For even their females exchanged exchanged natural sexual intercourse for what is unnatural. And males in the same way also left natural sexual intercourse with females and were inflamed in their lusts one for another. Males committed shameless acts with males and received in their own persons the appropriate penalty for their perversion. You know what it's talking about here? It's talking about homosexuality. It's talking about women leaving their natural desire for a man to have sexual intercourse with a man within marriage and now looking to other women to have sexual intercourse with. And men leaving that, that desire for a woman now desiring in their shameful lust one for another and men having sexual relationships with men. God said, you're going to put me out of the picture? I'll just deliver you over to not only your sexual impurities but also your shameful lust. And I shared with you last week, man left to himself without God, it is unimaginable how far that man or woman may go. And we live in a nation today, I know this is not politically correct, but I must one day stand before a holy God and give an account of how I pastored this church and how I led this church and how I proclaimed the Word of God. I'm going to stand before God one day, therefore I'm going to fear God and I'm not going to fear man. Let me tell you that any homosexual activity, any lesbian activity is an abomination in the sight of God and I know we've got to love the sinner and hate the... Or love the sinner and hate the sin. I understand that. And I'll open my heart's door to, to anyone that's trying to be broken out of, of any type of homosexual lifestyle. I love you. I don't want you in that. If your loved ones are in that, I want you to love them. Get them out of that. But listen, we must preach to our young people, our kids over here in this room and children's church right now need to know they can be raised in a church where they're going to hear the truth of the Word of God and they're going to hear that that type of activity is sinful. We've been delivered over to our shameful lust. Therefore, as tragic as the movie Massacre was, it really didn't surprise me. Because I know where America is today. We have turned our back on God. You've been following the news lately? Chick-fil-A? What... What a wonderful, the Kathy family, what a wonderful family that is. When Truett Kathy started the Chick-fil-A business years ago, now his son, he's kind of retired, and now Dan Kathy is taking over, and Dan was just through this area sometime back and started a Chick-fil-A and put a new ones over in St. Louis area. And he came to First Baptist Church and had a, had a leadership conference, and, and I, I went to that, and Brother Jim Anderson invited me to that, Tracy, and I went to that with him and heard Dan Cathy and got to meet him and speak with him face-to-face. What, what one of the most pleasant, godless men I've ever faced in my life. And they're not out there trying to push their beliefs on anybody. They're just out there to sell, eat more chicken. That's all they're after, right? <laughs> You know? But I am amazed at the attacks. And I even heard on the news, and I don't have all the detail of this, so I just want to allude to it and move on. 
But I even heard on the news that the mayor of the city of Chicago is trying to run Chick-fil-A out of Chicago. I'm like, what kind of nutcase are you? Why do you want to move in there? Honky-tonks and strip joints and liquor joints and to allow whatever go on in your city? Hello? By the way, this Wednesday, August 1st, is National Eat at Chick-fil-A Day to show your support for Chick-fil-A. I want to encourage you. Listen, guys, it's time we as a church... It's time we as a church get proactive. We have sat around with our head. You see, we think if we just stick our head in the sand and we raise it up ten years later that everything will go away and it will get better. It won't, church. We must rise up and we must be proactive about some of these things. Hello? And we get intimidated and we get cowed down and we say, well, people may say things. Listen, all through the Word of God, Jesus said, if you love me and stand for me and preach my Word, they will hate you. They hated me. They crucified me. You're going to be persecuted if you live for me and you stand for what's right. We need to get past the point that someone may talk about us. We need to get past the point that someone may not like us. Hello? We need to get past the point that we may lose a dollar in our business if we stand for something. God help us. Hello? Ooh, it is hot in here. I don't know about you guys. I am sweating. He's delivered us over to our, sin, our sexual impurities. He's delivered us over to our shameful lust. By the way, my wife was in the mall. This, we were with her this past Friday evening. And, and while she was shopping, I went to Chick-fil-A. And I went and I stood there. Now, Adam used to be the manager there. And he's no longer the manager at Chick-fil-A anymore. And I went and there were three, four workers there. And... And I said, I would like to see the manager. Of course, their eyes got that big. I mean, I hadn't ordered anything, didn't buy anything, just walked up and wanted to see the manager, okay? And I said, I want to see the manager. And uh, they're in the back. And I said, is it Adam? Is Adam still the manager? And they said, no, Adam. These, these, whoever's working didn't have a clue who Adam was. Adam had been gone about two or three months, and he's the one that helped us and kind of worked with us through promoting all of our activity at the mall through our gift wrapping things. And we were able to put brochures and all kind of things in Chick-fil-A bags and as they served them. And... And I said, well, who is the manager? And, and she said, well, it's, it's, it's Justin, and we have an interim manager named Karen. And, I mean, she tell she was scared. I said, it's okay. I said, I'm a local pastor. It's all right. I just, I just want to speak to him. I said, would you go get him? Well, they're in a meeting right now. I said, would you please go get him? Just knock on the door. Listen, I've been in meetings. I know you can be interrupted. <laughs> Hello? And I said, would you please go get him? And she said, Yes, sir. I mean, this girl, I don't know who she thought I was, but she was, I guess, with all the ridicule and everything, she was kind of shaking in her boots and I put her at ease. Karen came out there, and Karen's the intern manager, and, and she didn't really know what I wanted, and she said, may I help you, sir? And I said, listen, I just want you to know that I'm Pastor John Cannon from Victory Church here in O'Fallon, and I want you to know that I support you guys, that I've been praying for you guys. I know you're going, getting a lot of heat from the media today, and I know the secular world is slamming you guys today, but I appreciate your values. I love your principles. I love the Kathy family. I love the fact that you closed this thing on Sunday to honor God. I want you to know that I will eat Chick-fil-A the rest of my life, and that I support you guys. And she said, let me go get the other manager. <laughs> Hello? She went and got Justin. Justin came out. And you could tell he was the manager. He just looked more official. And he came out. And his eyes were about that big around. I said the same thing to him. And I left one of my cards. I said, if you guys ever need anything, I want you to know our church supports you. We back you 100%. I want you to know that we appreciate you. Keep standing. Hello? Guys, we all need to do that. Every single one of us. 
When you see somebody standing for what is right and you see the world persecuting them as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to rally around those individuals and we need to encourage them. And I wonder, a lot of times we, and listen, we're guilty of this in our church and we're guilty of this in the Christian churches abroad. The only time we raise our voice in the church is when we disagree with something that the church is doing within. Why don't we come alongside when you see somebody doing something right and encourage them and tell them, keep preaching, keep standing, keep doing for what's right. I'm praying for you. I love you. I believe in what you're doing. We need to learn to be cheerleaders and not so much critics. We heard that yesterday in the men's meeting. Hello? Guys, that's my introduction. I've got to stop. I do. Why? How did we get to this place in America? How did America get to this point? I hope you can leave here today and answer that question. I hope you can say we knew the truth. We suppressed the truth. We no longer glorified God. We're no longer thankful for Him. We finally come to the place where we were smarter than God. We created our own set of truths, which God calls us in His Word in Romans 1 a fool for doing that. And now we have believed a lie. And the result is the latter part of chapter 1 where eventually we become God-haters. Guys, that's what's happened to America. And what we need are men and women that say, you know what? Life really is about having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about living for Him. Not going through religious activities. Just living for Him. Having an intimate relationship with Him. Love God. Love each other. And pass our faith to the next generation. That's what we're trying to do here at Victory. Love God. Love each other. Pass our faith to the next generation. There's a generation of young kids that are dependent on you to stand for what's right. Listen, if we don't make a stand, and if we don't stand for what's right, and if we don't pour our heart and our soul into the values of the Word of God and the principles that are founded in God's Word, then I don't know that this church can sustain. And those kids aren't going to have a Bible-believing church they can go to because churches, many, not all, but many are cowing down to the political correctness of our day so they can draw a large crowd and build large buildings. Now, I've got a vision for building buildings. But I promise you, I will not compromise the Word of God to get there. I got a vision for reaching people, hundreds, maybe even thousands. But I promise you, I will not compromise the Word of God to get there. I'd rather pe- preach to two or three that say, Give me what thus saith the Lord, than to thousands and says, Preacher, you're really not being politically correct. You need to be careful. We're going to lose people. God help us. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life, if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. That's victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can call, email, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109 in O'Fallon, Illinois. Or come check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. 
And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.